Hey, this is Matt. Just wanted to say a few things real quick before we get started. So around this time every year is when I get absolutely crushed for my day job and my workload just doesn't give me much time for writing. But I didn't want the feed to go dead while I'm super busy, so I decided that it would be best to take a small break from Series 1 to post an episode from my already written story, That Homeless, which I aired the first two installments of back in October 2017. So if you haven't heard those episodes yet, I suggest going back and checking them out before listening to this one. Now with that being said, let's get to the episode. Welcome to Distinct Poplar, a twice-monthly audio fiction series written and narrated by Matt Herzberg from www.distinctpoplar.com. This episode is titled, That Homeless, Part 3. That homeless reacted. He stood from his chair and turned towards Beely with his outstretched hand. It was the scabbard of his shiv, that thing of his that connected him to the events of the immediate past. It was also that which promised him his future, and now all that needed to be done was to have the boy pass it from fingertips to his awaiting touch. We can be the same again offered Beely, as the man reached for the scabbard. I give this back to you, and we stay the way we are. It was then that he realized that homeless could comprehend his intent. The gentle outstretched hand twisted its fingers into a fist of anger. The man would take the blade by force when it came to that, and Beely knew that. Listen, the nothing and the nobody says that if I give this back, he will be a ghost forever. I will be a boy forever, and you will be confused forever. Beely then stuck out his tongue at his counterpart and ran away from him. Out the door of the pub, he scampered down the street towards where the women held the creature at bay. Kel watched him leave and then watched as the man slowly shambled after him, fixated on the high-pitched squeals that Beely made to lure him further, and the mess of cardboard and tape, the scabbard for his weapon, that it be returned to his awaiting grasp. The creature had not noticed the boy escaped, but when Beely returned it howled foul play. That was until it saw that homeless, slowly approaching behind them. The group of women parted for the man, their eyes wide with shock. He shambled past them in his pursuit, only focused on retrieving the one thing that mattered most. The boy found his way past the group of women, and to the eldest, which he hid behind. The creature wasted no more time. Listen, women of Almer's Way, 
The poisonous air all around you comes from me. I called it forth from my lungs to kill this man you misguidingly protect. I thought him one of you, come to kill me at the street where none of you dare go. As I followed him, I belched this noxious fume as my revenge. It looked around at their reactions, shifting yellow orbs gauging their responses to what he just told them. It can be undone before it's too late, it told them. Give the man and the boy to me, and I will save your loved ones who have not yet passed. I have the bringer of death in me. I am called the Wicked Wretched, and I was once the eldest of Almer's Way in the Age of Sorrow and Steam. You would do well to abide my wishes. Beely's eyes went wide as the eldest turned him away. He had trembled from behind her legs, terrified of the Wicked Wretched and of that homeless who slowly made his way towards them. At first, he thought that he had been given up, but the old woman had simply pushed him from the desperate grabbing fingers of the women of Almer's Way, who were willing to do anything to save the lives of the ones they cared for, their sons, their brothers, their fathers, uncles, cousins, and nephews. The women reached out for Beely with eager grasping fingers, whereas before, they had been the only thing protecting the boy. Now the promise of their men to be restored made the decision easy, though doing this forced the boy back towards the creature as he had no place to go in the mob of women. Struggling to avoid being snatched up by his ears, Billy found himself tumbling backwards towards the outstretched, backward hands of the monster itself. The wicked wretched grabbed him up, flipped him around, held him tight with rubbery, bloated fingers. The eldest could not have stopped the other women of the neighborhood, who stopped immediately once the boy was in the creature's custody. Its itching, throbbing, flexing fingers that were cruelly mishappen held the boy in place, and as that homeless approached, the creature loosened its jaw like a snake and was about to envelop the boy head first. The slippery, slimy drool ran down the sides of the boy's face. Beely could feel the creature's black teeth tenderly testing the limits of his skull before sinking into the flesh, like testing a meal too hot from the oven. Then that homeless was upon them, just as the creature was about to swallow the boy's head completely. Beely's arms flailed out to his sides, the scabbard still clenched tightly in his fingers. Gingerly the man reached for it, his fingers grasping the loose flaps of duct tape tightly as he wrenched it free from the boy's grasp. The struggle mattered very little, for the boy's body went limp as soon as the scabbard was pulled from his fingers. The women of the neighborhood saw the look of confusion retake that homeless as soon as he had gotten what he had come for. 
The scabbard in his hands was a collection of garbage that once safely held the edge called Shiv. Now that he had reclaimed it, his mind quickly returned to the simple state he had arrived with. That homeless turned his back to them, walking towards the pub, where he would sit again for a seeming eternity. The women began to cry out as the wicked wretched continued to consume Beely. The creature kept its eyes fixated on the man as it continued its grotesque devouring. Then the creature screamed. Its mouth withdrew from its prey and cast the boy aside. It was like watching a snake regurgitate its prey just at the point of devouring it. Beely slipped out of the mouth of the wicked wretched covered in saliva and his skin was bruised and purple with the marks of the monster's teeth that had not yet broken skin. Other than that, he appeared to be fine. One of the monster's overextended hands came up to its chest, where it found the blade missing from its place. Only brackish-smelling blood and a hole that reached all the way through to the small of its back remained. It was the weapon called Shiv, which was now missing, the pain of its absence left the creature grasping at the wound with its claw-tipped fingers. It had become so familiar to it, the wound of festering pus, the awkwardness when it breathed, the edge of the blade grating against its muscle and bones. The wicked wretched had become used to the blade, which impaled its flesh, and now that it was gone, there was only agony and pain for the edge of the blade had cut the monster anew, as it had been removed by Kel, who had followed without notice from the pub. In one clean jerk, she had freed the blade from the creature's disgustingly bulbous and rubber body. A jutting spurt of black blood splattered into the audience of women. Shiv had slid out easily, the disgusting black liquid oozed and covered and swam and writhed all over the weapon. It was too much for Kel, who had no choice but to let the blade clatter to the surface of the street. Either that, or be covered by the blood itself, which seemed to have a life of its own as it swam across the dagger's surface towards her outstretched arms, hands, and fingers. She had no choice but to let the weapon go, or be consumed by the stuff, the jarring sound of which drew that homeless's attention back from his stupor. There it was at his feet, the weapon he brought to kill the thing that lived on Clemens Street, the wicked wretched. In his mind there was a moment of clarity restored, he was no longer milling about the streets of Almer's Way as a confused simpleton. Now he was returned to the moment when this had all begun. That homeless was standing in the old house once again. He just stepped through the old screen door that dangled from its hinges. Darkness all around him, his bare feet across the cold, slick, checkered linoleum. His fingers wrapped around the makeshift bike handlebar of his blade. 
He raised the weapon in front of him as if to strike, letting it lead him where he needed to go. In the darkness all around him, there was the sound of heavy breathing. It was the monster. He could hear it circling him, taunting him. All he needed was to hear it speak. I curse you. The words were echoed all around him from the walls. Frailty of age, confusion of midlife, naivete of youth. Then he had struck. That homeless thrusted out in front of him with the blade, biting into the darkness and ending the creature's words before it could finish. The heavy breathing was replaced only with a hissing sound, like escaping steam, and the smell of foul copper and sulfur. Back on the streets of the neighborhood, the eldest watched him as he reveled in his own mind and memories. A smile had crept over his features. A well-worn hand reached down to pick the makeshift blade back up. And when he did, the women of the neighborhood could see that he had not returned to his senses. It was only for a moment, that strange sense of clarity, and the moment was brief. The recognition had quickly disappeared, like the granules of sand in an hourglass. It was the confusion that had overtaken him just as he arrived, when he came back from the house on Clemens Street. And now it was back again, dissuaded for only a moment before fighting to take back control of his mind. Shiv dropped from his fingers and clattered across the blacktop. The wicked wretched had recovered enough and saw what was transpiring. There in front of it, the man had dropped his blade. It knew that the most of its words had found themselves in his ears. It knew that the curse had succeeded, and the man's midlife confusion crept back into his thoughts, clouding his judgment and clarity. It was now the perfect time to strike for the wicked wretched. The creature brought up its dirty claws on bloated fingers from extended hands. It growled and barred its black jagged teeth. I can be the beast, it said to itself in reassurance, whispering under its breath as it crept towards the man who stood there, stuck in his own thoughts. Closer and closer, careful to creep as the man's mind disappeared from his face. Then it growled, holding back its head and hollering horribly into the night air. Again, as it had done with the boy, the wicked wretched opened its gaping maw of disgusting teeth and black tongue. It enveloped that homeless like a snake begins to eat its prey, and that homeless was as powerless as a mouse. That homeless would not react and the creature would soon consume him whole. The eldest realized this and stepped back behind the boy, who was watching, frozen in the horror of it all. Like she had said before, 
back at the pub with the man, she whispered into Beely's ear, Some need to kill to live, she told him. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please consider rating and reviewing Distinct Poplar on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Positive reviews help us find more listeners, and I truly appreciate it. You've been listening to That Homeless, Part 3, written and narrated by Matt Herzberg, copyright Wednesday, March 21st, 2018. The intro music for this episode is done by Kevin McLeod. For more information, check the show notes in this episode's description. For more stories like this one, as well as ebooks and information about the city that forgot to stay clean, check us out online at www.distinctpoplar.com or through our social media. Just search for Distinct Poplar on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Stop by. Say hello.